This is The Michael Wall Show. Michael is a speaker, author, and president of Wall Private Wealth. His passion is to help families live on purpose and live with purpose. And now, here's Michael Wall. Here we are back live another week, getting ready to share thought and insight to you. I hope you're doing well. Hey, how are you doing today? How are you doing yesterday? What are you ready for tomorrow? Are you living life in a way that is challenging you and encouraging you? Are you kind of, did you fall on that little rut and routine? Are you tired of life right now? Are you, are you excited about life right now? How are you feeling? Well, we're going to cover a lot of this stuff in today's show because if you have not listened to the Michael Wall Show before, let me just first and foremost say welcome in. You're going to have a great time. You're going to get a lot of great information. If you cannot listen to the whole show right now in this setting, whether you're listening via radio or via podcast, I'm going to challenge you to make sure that you go back and listen to the rest at another time. Also, a lot of great other segments and episodes to pick up a lot of great information from the guests that we've had on to motivational segments to financial information, all to help you maximize and really break through in your life and live a life with real purpose and passion to add value to others and just have a lot of fun along the way. So where can you go that, by the way? You can go to michaelwallshow.com and you'll be able to have the opportunity to check out more information as well as if you want to subscribe, if you're listening via radio, subscribe Go ahead and search Michael Wall Show on your podcast app. If you have an iPhone or, or Android, whatever, just search Michael Wall Show on your favorite podcast app and you'll be able to go ahead and subscribe there. But I want to jump in today. We're going to have a great show. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, but I want to start out motivationally and I'm going to discuss the idea of how you think and having big vision for yourself. Have you ever noticed that sometimes people are literally in a place where they can watch the same thing or hear the same thing or look at a post you know, on Facebook or Twitter or whatever and have two completely different reactions? In fact, uh, football season's coming up here, and if you... What a, what a great sound. I, listen, I, I know <laughs> we got people sitting around... You know, Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night. And pretty soon the NFL is going to have games every night of the week. <laughs> but, you know, sitting around watching a football game and you're literally in a place where you can see these ideas and how people respond differently to the same thing immediately, right? Because you're sitting there, you got people with, oh, I'm, I'm going for this team or I'm voting for that team or I'm rooting for this team. And a play happens. Maybe there's a quarterback, you know, steps back, he gets the hike, passes the ball down the field, and all of a sudden the, the, the ball goes and, and, and ah, the receiver misses it. You know, on one side, well, that's a flag, that was pass interference, whatever. And the other side, oh, great defense, great defense. And it was the exact same play. And yet people all over the country, all over the world are cheering for two different things. Why? Because it's perspective. It's how they saw things. Well, let's dive it down even in more so in your life. So when you have somebody in your life or someone that comes across your life that you meet that, let's say, is successful. And you see their success, or you see their story. What comes to your mind? Is it, oh, man, they wonder how they got their money. Oh, I bet they, you know, I bet they did something wrong, or I bet they screwed people over to make that, or I bet they, whatever. Or do you say, you know what, good for them. I'm so excited that there's another person that is using their gifts and abilities that God's given them. It's interesting. I We even see on Facebook, you know, we've had several different posts, positive posts to encourage people. You know, a lot of great interaction from, from thousands and thousands of people. And you could send out a positive message and some people might respond negatively, like that's stupid or this is dumb or, you know, whatever. And other people are like, man, thank you. I really appreciate that encouragement. Thank you so much. And have you noticed that in your own life? So my question is, where do your thoughts go? Because it all comes down to your vision. It all comes down to the vision that you have for your life and yourself. If you have a small vision, you will not think positively and you will not think big. Because you don't believe that there's something great for you lying ahead. And, you know, I love the thought that God's vision is always bigger than you. Did you know that? You know, I talk about Jeremiah 29 11 a lot and for the fact that, uh, you know, God has created you and there's a specific plan for you. And his vision for you is bigger than yours. And one of the challenges in this short segment that I wanted to take really is to challenge you to change your thinking so that way you can think more positively when things happen. Change your vision and say, no, there is more for me. And when something comes to you, if, if normally, because a lot of this comes from your blueprint, by the way, how you grew up, a lot of it comes from your blueprint. Whether you saw your parents, mom, dad, 
Maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't even have parents growing up. You know, as far as living day in and day out. Maybe you were adopted. Who knows what happened? But at the end of the day, what was your blueprint? What did you see? Did you see mom or dad breaking through things? Did you see mom or dad achieving great success? Did you see mom or dad have things that affected them in life, you know, uh, that were negative, that most people would just say, man, I can't believe this happened. Let me tell you about it, you about it, you about it, you about it, you about it. Nobody wants to really fix things. They just want to wallow in the fact that something happened to me and now I'm the victim. And we see that in our society today. Or did you see your parents say, you know what? Hey, things happen in life. Life is tough. Life's challenging. But they continue to press on. And they had a positive attitude. And if you saw that side, it's because they had a vision that was bigger than themselves. If you saw the other side, the vision for, for that person's life stopped with themselves. I love what Zig Ziglar used to always say. He said, there's a lot of people in our world today that's listening to WIIFM. What's in it for me? <laughs> and do you think that way? Do you think as you go through life, all you think about is what's in it for me? When I do this or when I do that or when I go here or I go there, what's in it for me? How do I protect me? How do I focus just on me? Or are you other people focused? Because that's where a bigger vision comes from. You know, where there is no vision, people perish, the Bible tells us. And the reason it's so important is because we're other people focused. God has always been other people focused. Those that have achieved great things, Mother Teresa, she was other people focused. But have you ever been out to a lake and you're standing alongside when you're a little kid or you got your kids and you pick up a pebble or you pick up a stone and when you throw that stone out, what happens? And it hits the water. Well, it creates a ripple effect. And then that ripple gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? And so the question is, what kind of ripple are you leaving? Because you are leaving a ripple and that vision that you have will affect your ripple. If you're in a place where your vision is small, your ripple you're leaving is actually going to be negative, very negative to other people. People are going to look at you in life and they're going to wonder why, you know, you always think the same way or, oh, you know, yeah, I understand. Oh, I had a rough day. Is that your conversation all the time? Because challenge comes to a lot of people, but it's how you respond to it and push through it is what makes all the difference in the world. And as you become an attractive character, and I don't mean physically, you become someone who is positive. You're an encourager. You're an uplifter. You say, you know what? Yeah, that challenge happened, but I'm willing and I'm going to push through it. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to read books. I'm going to listen to motivational things. I'm going to get around the right people. I'm going to defriend people that are always constantly negative. I'm going to bring friends and I'm going to purposely seek out friends in my life that are positive, that look at the world in a way uh, that is bright, that is open, that is looking to add value to other people. Now you're in a place where your vision starts to grow. And what happens when your vision starts to grow, your ideas, your creativity actually start to grow as well. (laughs) And then you will literally find yourself coming up with ideas you would have never thought you would have had before. And it all goes down to the reality of how you see the world. So let's all come together here and let's look for ways that we can add more value, think bigger, have a greater vision. Look for the gold inside of other people. Be an encourager. Look for the positive and share the positive. Don't be like the news that that shares all of this negative information all the time. You be someone that is sharing positive information. You're finding positive information. You're as what we call a good finder. You're literally walking through life on purpose each and every day looking for the good because it's out there. But it can be challenging and hard to see because there's so much negative. As we look for the good and we focus on the good, our vision gets bigger. We add more value and the world becomes a better place. Very, very important. So I appreciate you dialing in there and apply that to your life. Take a real evaluation of you and what you're doing. At any point in time, again, if you want to reach out to us, go to michaelwallshow.com. So coming up next, we got a great interview with a gentleman, John Avant. He's a good friend, becoming a good friend, and also the president of Life Action, talking about the spiritual heartbeat in this country. Stay tuned. Coming up right after this. Hi, this is Michael Wall. I know it can be challenging to get the right information to know exactly what investments you should make, how to find the right financial advisor, 
how to build a solid financial house that will outlast and work through any market condition. So what I decided to do is put together a simple, easy to understand retire well video series where you can go at your leisure and watch these videos and clearly understand the best opportunities and get more education so you can make a better decision for your financial future all you need to do is go to leanonthewall.com again that's leanonthewall.com and click on the link that says click here to access the retire well webinar series this series is going to bring to light and really offer you a lot of clarity to help you make better decisions with your financial future. Again, that's leanonthewall.com. You're listening to The Michael Wall Show. Catch up on previous episodes at michaelwallshow.com. Now, back to the show. I'm laying it all on the line. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into the Michael Wall Show. Having a great show this week, talking about a lot of great things to impact your life and affect you and help you really live with purpose and passion. And that kind of leads into our next guest. By the way, if you are, have not uh, subscribed to the show, if you're listening via radio, make sure you go to michaelwallshow.com. Again, Michael Wall show. We kind of try to make it challenging for you. Michael Wall, michaelwallshow.com. And uh, you can subscribe, listen in, listen to some other guests. By the way, last week we had Chicago on. It was a great show. And uh, this week, right up there, we, we got a guy, John Avan. He's actually become a good friend and becoming even a better friend. He's the president of Life Action. It's a ministry and a group that we've been involved with for several years. I wanted to have him on because of his rock star skills. He used to be <laughs> he used to be a rocker, almost played with Sammy Hagar in Chicago. <laughs> actually, we were, we were looking at the, the guitar here in my studio. I, I got a guitar yeah, so sent cool. from uh, Sammy Hagar, and John was, well, I wouldn't let him play it, but you know. <laughs> He said, I can do some singing, though. But, John, thanks for joining us here. Thanks, Michael. Great to be here. Absolutely. And uh, so, John, obviously taking the reins of Life Action, which we're a part of. But uh, before we jump into that, tell us a little bit about your story, kind of how, you know, you've kind of gotten into the ministry space and been in that space for a long time, pastoring a mega church and different things. And, And the reason I wanted to have John on is because, you know, regardless of what you do out there, what you're doing in life, managing people pushing through adversity, uh, you know, being in a place where you're really impacting many, right, is is hopefully your your goal, is hopefully your desire. And I know that's your desire as well, uh, John. So tell us a little bit about kind of your story, how you got into ministry, what what led into that, uh, even in the rocker days and how that all kind of happened. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, as a, a teenager, uh, you know, there was something happening in America called the Jesus Movement. Hmm. It was on the cover of, of uh all the big magazines and Billy Graham, of course, who recently died, was a part of that. And uh, hippies, late stage hippies, and 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 others were were just coming to a, a spiritual change in their life. Uh, and it actually had a deep impact on the culture of the country. And I, I was a part of that. So yeah, I was doing a little little rock and roll, and then uh, singing for Jesus and that kind of stuff. And <laughs> I just never got over um, the change in my life that happened in those days. And began to believe that you know when you look at at, at history as as well, most of the most positive changes in the history even of our nation um, have have come through a spiritual motivation whether mm-hmm. it's you know the abolition movement or child labor laws all, all these kind of things have have happened with spiritual motivation mm-hmm. so it's been a, um, a huge part of my life to be a part of uh, of justice and 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 goodness um, coming to all people but because of uh, of a movement I believe in and led by uh, by by Jesus who is my my life and that's how kind of it all started that's awesome so tell us when you were back and uh, you're in your rock band and you guys were yeah. slightly touring a little bit um, when did you decide that you realized that this isn't where I'm supposed to be <laughs> well it was pretty early on as a you know as a teenager I mean I I, I loved music then and love it love it now mm-hmm. but um, I, I started sensing that you know we're made for something for something large right that God has a plan and a purpose for every person. It doesn't have to seem large. It just is large. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a Bible verse. It's the theme of my life, Ephesians 3.20, mm-hmm. that says uh, God is able to do more than I can even imagine. Yeah. And I, I wanted to get in on that, and I wanted to help others get in on that. And so... Um, uh, I, I began to, to sense a, a call to to ministry, to pastor people, to shepherd people, but also to mission, to be involved overseas, and mm. and to be involved with with people that nobody else may may care about. Mm-hmm. All of those things have been uh, major passions in my life. So, what led you initially? So, here you are, early twenties. I mean, when did you kind of step the door into the, your your first church or your position, or what, how did how did that look? 
Yeah, I, I took my girlfriend, who's now my wife, on a date to uh, <laughs> to uh, in the middle of nowhere in Texas to my mm. first church. So I was 19 years old when uh, I preached, and they asked me to be a pastor. So mm. I started really, really young, and have uh, continued on through these through these years. I, I I went to be president of Life Action uh, about eight months ago. Up until that point, I've been a either a pastor or a missionary since I was 19. Wow. So you're rocking and rolling, staying in that space, and now you're moving into the life action space. In your opinion, I mean, you share with your story, it's amazing, really, how God specifically spoke to you in life. And again, I'm a big believer in Jeremiah 29, 11 as well. And those of you that are listening to the show, you know, this isn't necessarily a spiritual show or, a, you know, whatever, but it's, it's it, you can't help and hopefully you've seen this in your life. You can't help but talk about truth if you've been affected by it in life. And it gives you the passion to move forward to what you're called to do. And that's one of the reasons that I'm so excited for all of you that are listening to say, man, let's grab onto whatever this purpose and passion is specifically for you so you can live out and you can really add value and, and, and end your day. Not that every day is perfect, but end your day in a way where you say, you know what? I really know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do instead of what Zig says is the wondering generality, just walking around like the pinball in the pinball machine, just hoping this bumper hits it and it pushes you here. Well, just wait and see what happens, you know, and, and that's not how we want to live life. We want to live on purpose, on focus, and really get a lot of stuff done. So now, here you are uh, in this kind of new venture, this new new season with Life Action. What are you most excited for with this group and, and what you see in the future in general? Yeah, you know, we, we have a chance to, to impact all kinds of different uh, groups of people across the, the country and even across the world. We're expanding internationally. I'll be overseas in, in about a month. Hmm. But uh, our, our, our vision really excites me, and it's pretty audacious and, and fresh. Uh, millions of God-astonished lives. Hmm. And we know not everybody's astonished by God, and uh, w- we just are. We're just amazed by Him and what He does in our lives. So millions of God-astonished lives in action with Him Mm. We don't. We don't have to dream everything up on our own. Mm-hmm. This big creator that we mm. believe in puts creativity in each of us. God has taught us lives in action with Him, shattering divisions, injustice, and lostness. Mm. And so, um, we don't want to see people wandering around lost and directionless in the world. We want to see injustice broken, and we, yeah. we've got divisions that are just wrecking our, our our country, and we want to be a part of healing those. Absolutely. And you know, I tell you, we are in a place today. And I think we all agree with this. We, we are in a place to get, whether you're listening to this and you live in America or you live in another country, you know, John, we have listeners in over 100 countries. And so there's people all over the world dialing in here. And one of the things that I know is media and social media in general has swept the world. And we're, we're in a place a lot of times that there's a lot of lies being shared out there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it can be challenging to know what to listen to, and what to believe and what to know is true. You know, we see... Uh, not only social injustice, but injustice from, quite honestly, organizations that that tout themselves as as the church, you know, yeah. and it's it's a shame. And I, I think if I had I, heard before, I believe Billy Graham said this, it may have been someone else, you can correct me, but, you know, the, the number one cause of atheism in our world today is believers. Mm-hmm. People would acknowledge Christ with their lips and then walk out the door and don't acknowledge it with their lifestyle. And it's simply what an unbelieving world finds unbelievable. And I think what's so important is, is that people live and do what they say they're going to do. The whole accountability idea thing. Why do you think in our culture today that has been lost? Yeah, I, I think you said a lot of it. I think the, the church, those of us that call ourselves Christians, uh, we have to take responsibility for that. Mm. The word Christian is really a mispronunciation. We should pronounce it Christian, mm. right? Because that's what it means. We are followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I, should, I should be walking around throughout the day and people that... I come in contact with should be better because of that. They should be encouraged because of that. Yeah. Uh, I was a, a chaplain at, at Ground Zero. I've been a law enforcement chaplain for many years, mm. and that was one of the best and worst things of my life. It was an, an honor. It was humbling, but it was also, of course, tragic and horrible to stand there over the the bodies of those who had who had died. But after 9-11, people flocked back into churches. They mm. flocked back to religion in, in general, and then they just drifted back away and mm. people have asked me why did that happen and uh, I, I said well they um, they went back to church and they remembered why they left mm. And, mm. and wow and so we yeah. we have to those of us that that, that are of people of faith mm-hmm. we have to take ownership and responsibility of that and say you know what if if uh, if we can't get along across racial divides 
I want to take responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. Um, if mm-hmm. people think that those who believe as I believe are people of of, uh, of hatred and bigotry, I want to take responsibility for that. I, I want to be known for a leader of of love and passion and compassion. Yeah, and that's 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 what created this movement um, that we call, I don't like the word, we call Christianity anyway. Yeah. It was created uh, and in fact many ways thrived because of what happened after the New Testament church when plagues mm. hit Rome mm. and destroyed just millions of lives. People would flee the cities, Christians stayed, and they cared for the sick and they mm. cared for the dying. Mm. They often died with them. But imagine if you're a Roman and you've left your child dying in the gutter, mm. which is what they would do. They didn't understand germs. They just knew you better not get near this person. Maybe they have a spirit or something. Mm. So they, they left and left their children dying in the gutter. Imagine you come back two or three years later when the plague is over and your child is alive and well and being raised by a Christian family. Mm. And people in Rome flocked to Jesus, not because because we were such great preachers back then mm-hmm. or because we had giant churches. We didn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. But we had people who loved and expressed compassion and lived out the life of Jesus, and the world flocked to it. I want to see us return to that, and I want to be a part of it. Yeah, I love that. And and that's, that's you know, it's kind of a cool thing that I see. You know, and, and with life, life action, not only are they involved in a family camp, you know, building strong families and and, mm-hmm. and kind of starting there at home, but also, you know, people in general, you know, taking really taking the whole idea of self self responsibility and self accountability, right? Starting with me, instead of saying, "Well, there's a problem out there," uh, you know, he needs to change and she needs to change and they need to change, and saying, "Wait a minute," you know, it's almost like the old, I remember the old song from Michael Jackson. Remember that man in the mirror? Oh yeah. You know, you want to make a change. Um, start with me, start, start in the mirror, start looking at what, you know, what do I need to change that can outwardly overflow in, in helping and adding value to others? Well, I'm excited to continue to hear the journey and, and share this journey from time to time. Maybe we'll have you back on John talking about what's happening as you're seeing the front lines, if you will, as you're out there and connecting in, in America and the world. And, and hopefully you'll take a moment in the future and, and join us back on the show to share thought with our listeners of what's happening. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And I, you know, our simple mission is just to inspire your next yes to God. Mm. And uh, and we we don't think that's a churchy thing. Yeah, you know, wherever you are right now, you know, you may be thinking I'm going to leave my wife. Well, probably God's saying to you, no, no, say yes to me in, instead. Mm. Uh, it may be, you know, what I, I've got a choice. Am I going to be honest in my business and, and work and practice what I do with ethics? Say yes to God. And uh, if we can help you at uh, LifeAction.org, we'd love to help you in any way that we can. When you say yes to God, uh, He says yes over your life. Good things happen. Love it. So lifeaction.org is where you can check them out. Again, John, thanks so much for uh, dialing in, taking some time. It's definitely a, a ministry that we've been involved in. We've seen family change, life change over the years, and that's why we personally have been involved with what they're doing because I love uh, the whole idea of being the hands and feet and really going out there and making action and change in people's lives. So thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Michael. It was great. Absolutely. And hang tight, folks. We'll be back with more great information right after this. Hey folks, it's Michael Wall here. Just wanted to share a quick thought on how you can make a huge impact on someone else's life. As an active member of Christ Fellowship, I've had the opportunity to interact with a variety of top-notch charities. And it can be challenging sometimes to know where to get involved, either with your time, financially, or both, and then to be sure that your gifts and donations are really making a change. So I wanted to share with you an organization that has recently been ranked number one by Charity Navigator and is dramatically improving the lives of young people, Place of Hope. Place of Hope has been doing just what its name says, giving hope to young people since the mid-90s. I want to encourage you to visit placeofhope.com. Again, that's placeofhope.com to learn more and to see how you can help the cause of improving our nation one child at a time. Welcome back to The Michael Wall Show. Michael has appeared on several national media outlets like Fox Business, Bloomberg, and CNBC. Now, back to the show. Michael, 24-hour news, 24-hour sports, 24-hour now financial news. You put it all together, and it's hard not to be concerned. You know, it used to be there was two or three or four stations max, one back in the day, and then it goes to two, then three, then four, and now there's hundreds of outlets 
that produce media, whether it's real news or fake news or whatever, is, <laughs> is to be determined. But at the end of the day, there is so much information out there, it can be blinding. And mm-hmm. you're, you're in a situation, you say, who do I trust, number one? And number two, it's overwhelming. You know, all these things happening, it can cause you to live in fear. You know, sometimes, I love what Zig said, Randy, fear oftentimes can be nothing more than false evidence appearing real. You know, when we think about that, he was talking about, he used the analogy of Zig Ziglar, for those of you that uh, ever heard of Zig, great guy. I loved him, used to listen to him for a long time, and a big part of just, you know, reshaping my mental life. And one of the things that he said in relation to that is he, he said, you know, I could go in to a bank and I could literally rob a bank, I'm not recommending this, but I could literally rob a bank with a handkerchief and a, and a suit coat. And he, he said, what do I mean? He said, well, I could take the handkerchief, I could put it around my face, I could walk into the bank. And I could put my hand in my pocket and lift it up as though, you know, my fingers as it were a gun and say, give me all your money. He said, I might get shot on the way out. (laughs) (laughs) But he said the evidence would be false, but it would appear real. And because that appearance of of the evidence is there, you know, the the desired result as far as what he was trying to do would happen. So, you know, sometimes in life we're in a situation where anywhere it can be easy for folks to live in a way where they become paralyzed by the noise. You know, I call it financial uh, paranoia, if you will, in a lot of ways, where they're paralyzed by the noise and they're in a situation where they don't make, people don't make any steps, not whether it's finances or whatever, in life, because they're like, well, what if this happens? And I don't want to, what if that happens? I don't want to, and the idea is a lot of times, folks in life, if we think back through the last 20, 30 years of life, all of the noise, all of the news, all of the things that happened, the travesties and disasters all over the world, and really how has that affected our actual day-to-day life? When was the last time you went days on end without a meal? You know, when was the last time we went days on end without being able to have a car to drive in? All of these different things. We're so blessed as a country. What is really going on in my personal situation? What's happening in my world around me so that way I can better maximize everything I've been blessed with so that way really I can live on point and use what I've been blessed with to help others. Now we're actually creating momentum to change the world. If we just sit there in a reactive posture, we're watching TV, we're, we're listening to the news and we hear all these things and we're just like, oh my goodness, we're so scared and fearful when we talk about all that. We're not going to be bold enough to step out and do anything to actually change the world. So we got to turn it off before we can turn it on and help other people. I think that's just one of the uh, the dangers too. My mom is one who, uh, in her retirement years, tends uh, to sit around and watch a lot of TV, and it really does affect her mindset as to what if she's a positive person or a negative person compared to what's going on in the news right now. If she sees something that has just been inundated on on one of the news networks, the financial news networks or whatever, it becomes a part of her life, and she shares it with me. She's very worried about it, and you know, it's Sunday morning. What does Scripture say? Yeah, worry doesn't add a single moment to your life. It is very yeah. true. Oh, that's exactly right. You know, it's the old saying we used to say as well is uh, worry is like a rocking chair. You know, it gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. So, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with rocking chairs. If you're sitting down with some sweet tea in the the South, we always kind of put that together. But, you know, quite honestly, TV is nothing more than a lot of total vanity. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, it's really the idea of, hey, look at me, or hey, what's going on, or hey, who, I mean, it's amazing. I was reading an article, Randy, the other day talking about the ratings for television networks and how Trump has, in a lot of ways, boosted their ratings. Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course, they're just continually feeding on what can we push and sell and whatever to, to continue to keep ratings up. And I'm not saying there's not a lot of problems in the world. There are. But, you know, at the end of the day, folks, what can you and I personally do about all of the stuff that's happening in North Korea today? And the answer is nothing. And we can pray, and that's something we should be doing. But aside from that, there's nothing physically that we can actually do. So I think the best thing, Randy, that we can do as people is to step back and again, as I mentioned earlier, say, wait a minute, what can I do to reevaluate my day in, day out, not be a wondering generality, and be in a situation where we really live on point and live with purpose. That's why I continue to talk about that because it's so important. And the only way that that happens is if we actually take the steps to make that happen. And that's the crucial thing. I, I love the idea. Uh, this is another thought. It says happiness like money is the result of what you do. 
you know, if you're in a situation where you're working and you're not making enough money that you'd like to make to do what you want to do in life, or you had a business, or maybe you had a business and you sold it, you know, depending on the value you add is going to depend on the amount of money that you make. The more value you add, the more problems you solve in the world, the more money a lot of times you're going to make, depending on what you do. Not always, but a lot of times. And so, you know, that's happiness is same kind of attributed, it's not comes from money, but it is, it is about what you do. And if we're living our life to please and serve others, we're going to be in a situation where we're going to live a more joyful life. We're not going to be so self-centered. What about me? What can I get today for me? And, and the idea is we want to be saying, what can I do today for you? Because that's contrary to our human nature. It really is. It's kind of a reverse dynamic, uh, but that's what brings the most joy. Well, Michael, when we look at the things that are going on in the world, we may not be able to affect them, but we wonder how they will affect us. Certainly how, yeah. this, in this program, how they're going to affect our money. So let's yep. take a look at that a little bit. What do you think if something really does actually happen and there's an exchange over in North Korea? Does this affect our markets in a negative way? Well, I think the answer is absolutely yes. I always say you have to go back before you can go forward sometime. And I go, I always go back to 2008 years and I say, okay, what pushed the markets from 2008 till now? And what we know is in 2009, a little refresher folks, which I've shared this before, but it's important 2009 to now, or really 2009 to 2014, there was a period of time there of quantitative easing, the fed printing money and buying treasuries, basically pumping money into the system. Right. So that QE has happened. We also know that um, some of the derivatives and some of the other investments that caused the 2008 crisis were starting to be put back on the market to sell as investments in 2015. Well, that's a problem. You know, because as we, we've heard before, history oftentimes will repeat itself. So, you know, you can talk about full valuation or not full valuation for stocks or whatever it may be today, but we still have an underpinning of, of major issues in this country. And I really believe, Randy, that, that the Trump bump, in a lot of ways, unleashed a lot of capital and excitement for businesses saying, hey, you know what, here's somebody that's pro-business and, and here's somebody that's interested in limiting or reducing regulations, which kind of takes the noose off the neck for businesses in a lot of ways and, and helps them want to grow. And if, if he can't get some of the things through that he wanted to get through, and if we have a, some type of a war that occurs, it's absolutely going to affect our economy. It's, a, it's absolutely going to affect our markets. And, and the other thing that I will say, that doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities where we can make money during those seasons. But it does mean that we have to be paying attention. And unfortunately, Randy, a lot of people from a financial perspective, from their portfolio, they're playing the ride it out game. They're playing the set it and forget it. Well, I'm just going to hang in there. It'll come back. That type of thought process is probably not going to work well in a significantly negative market. We got to change course. We got to make changes uh, in order to fare well if those things occur. Now, will they occur? I don't know for sure. I do believe, though, as far as market cycle goes, we're due for a correction. You're listening to The Michael Wall Show. Find us online at leanonthewall.com. If what we're talking about today concerns you and your wealth and your plans for the future, you can contact Michael for a portfolio wealth review. That's 888-511-WALL, 888-511-9255. Hi, this is Michael Wall, and if I started quoting statistics for you about slavery, saying that 40 million people were held against their will, you would probably think that this was a history lesson about the 1800s. But that figure is accurate right now. Human trafficking is now one of the world's fastest growing industries, putting mainly women and young girls into forced labor and sexual exploitation as well as organ harvesting. Operation Underground Railroad is a nonprofit group that is doing the difficult work of rescuing these victims and arresting those responsible. Most of us can't do this dangerous and vitally important work, but we can help. How can we help? Go to OURfilm.org. Again, OURfilm.org to learn more. If you took the population of LA, New York, and London combined, it would not equal the number of people who are victims of human trafficking. Join me in this fight to protect our children from this horrible act. The only way this will stop is if good people get involved. 
Again, go to OURfilm.org, OURfilm.org to join the fight. You're listening to The Michael Wall Show. Catch up on previous episodes at MichaelWallShow.com. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back into the Michael Wall Show, folks. Joined live in studio with a good friend and great guest and a, just a tremendous architect, Dan Kahan is how you say his name. Dan has uh, uh, done a lot of travel. He's done a lot of great things in the space. And by the way, if you've missed the other segments of the show so far, make sure you go to michaelwallshow.com. Again, michaelwallshow.com and subscribe to the show. Check out the other segments. But Dan, I'll tell you. We met a couple years ago, and uh, you know I've been watching your work. I watch you guys on Instagram, you specifically. Obviously, if you want to check them out, it's Daniel.Kahan.Architect. What inspired you? Obviously, you're from Augusta, which is kind of a cool town, and uh, almost played in the Masters, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just missed it. Just, just missed it. Just, just missed it. What, what really inspired you when you were younger to say, you know, I really want to move into this architectural space it's a it's a good story so i grew up in augusta i was always kind of interested in architecture but really the the genesis of it was i spent a lot of time in mexico city Hmm. uh, as a kid growing up a lot of my family is from there and still lives there and i had an uncle who was an architect who still is an architect retired now who designed a lot of really amazing things in mexico city great modernist buildings, a lot of houses in particular. Hmm. And he lives in a house that he designed, and I spent a lot of time staying in that house over summers when I was there. And uh, I was always really inspired by the work that he was doing and the way that he approached it. So, I mean, that was sort of the architectural aspect. I was always interested in designing things. Mm-hmm. I was always sketching things out and building. Always a visionary. A of, yeah, I spent a mm-hmm. lot of time uh, just making random things out of Legos. <laughs> uh, Sounds like my son Cyrus, by the way. He's building all the time. Yeah, it's funny. Last This past mm-hmm. weekend, I gave uh, like a little class sort of workshop at the Society of the Four Arts in Palm Beach mm-hmm. uh, for kids on using Legos just, wow. to, okay. just to make, make things. And it's, uh, it's really, it's great. It's uh, it's fun and it's a really good way of teaching people, you know, how to visualize things and make things that, that they don't necessarily need to have a plan or be following rules or instructions, but just putting something together. Uh, mm. So it was a lot of fun, actually. I was really pleasantly surprised with how the kids dove right into it and made really interesting things. Allowing a platform for creativity, I think. And that's so missed and lost in a lot of ways in our culture today. So I love that. I know you do a lot of traveling. What do you think inspires you to continue to do that in your perspective? Because, you know, a lot of people can get stale in their, in their artwork. I travel a lot. I travel constantly. Some of it is very, very specifically to go see something relative to what I'm doing. Or if I'm in New York, constantly sourcing materials and uh-huh. new kind of ideas and things. I travel all over for those sorts of things. But, you know, I think you're adding layers of sort of understanding of, of the world generally as you mm-hmm. travel. And that manifests itself in what you design, maybe not even directly. You may not see something and sort of repeat that thing, but it it adds sort of a layer of complexity to your understanding of how things work. And, you know, I I think that that makes the process all that more interesting. I mean, to me, you you know, I would prefer never to design the same thing twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think there's an evolution as as you're going through the process and designing something that changes every single time. And you make yourself better and better and better and, you know, you add that layer of nuance and complexity to what it is you're designing. And I think that traveling and, and seeing things, new things, or even going back to some place and seeing it again, allows you, you know, to, to take on a whole new understanding of those sorts of things. So we're having a conversation live in studio here with Dan Kahan. He is an architect with Smithmore Architects. You can follow him on daniel.kahan.architect on Instagram. Having uh, just good thoughts in this whole architectural space and how it's changed. Dan, you know, we were kind of talking off air a little bit about the idea of this whole green fad. Everybody wants to be green and building sustainably, but doing it in a way where it's unique. Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think obviously the, the term green and sustainable are, are buzzwords now, as, as they should be, honestly. I mean, people need to be thinking responsibly about what it is they're building and the impact that's going to have long term on you know, on our environment generally. Hmm. Uh, but I think that there's there's a way of doing it that, that doesn't necessarily say this was built in 2017 or 2018 when mm-hmm. this was a trend and this was a trend. Uh, I mean, I think that approaching things as a unique design problem, but understanding sustainability aspects of everything is, is really is sort of the critical thing. Uh, so, 
I mean, you want to design something that is essentially timeless or as mm-hmm. timeless as you can make it, whether or not it's something that's in a classical style, which I do a lot of, or something that's in a much more modern style, which I've done a lot more of recently. I think understanding the sort of historical context with which, you know, within your fitting. Uh, so there's a great history of modern architecture. People think that it's brand new all the time. There's a great history of that. And it also derives itself from classical architecture. Mm. So understanding sort of the context, historical context that you're fitting within, and then applying those rules, but then breaking them sort of consciously allows you to create something that's not the same as everything else, but it's it's also not derivative of everything else. It's an interpretation of sort of the historical context that you're fitting within. And then applying the ideas of sustainability to that in a way that's not, okay, now we have this, let's just slap this on it and, and call it green. Understanding mm. that the idea of building something mm. that uh, is of a quality level that will make it permanent right. uh, means that someone's not going to come back in 10 years. Especially say, in the coastal markets, sure, right? Yeah. Where you I got mean, storms and hurricanes, all yeah. these things coming through. This and is property, so important. Yeah, and property is so valuable yeah. here that yeah. uh, you know, it's always it, the value of it is always going up. And so mm-hmm. it's it's easy for someone to come back in in 10 or 15 years and see the the house that you designed and valued only for the property if it, if the building isn't of a certain quality level yeah. and a certain permanence. Right. And so, you know, it's really not sustainable to, to tear something down after 10 or 15 years. But if you design something and it gets built at a quality level that makes it something that, that will have a legacy and stick around for a really, really long time, mm. there's a sustainable aspect to that and creating something that's going to be there for a long time. I'd say beyond that, recently I finished a house, a modern house in Palm Beach that uh, is a, a really cool kind of classically derived modern house uh, but it has a, a big roof garden on the top mm. and love that within the roof garden we put in a lot of solar panels mm-hmm. that are sort of really kind of sculpturally embedded within the greenery that's on mm. the rooftop of that and uh, so the house is is essentially uh, net zero from an energy standpoint on wow. a really on a really good day uh, but it's also a really pleasant experience to be up on the roof garden the solar panels aren't kind of garish and in your face mm-hmm. the way you would imagine mm-hmm. them to be. It's part of this sort of composition. Like part of, of one roof under panels. It was yeah, all well. It's, it's yeah. part of the composition in the grass. And by mm. by embedding it in the greenery, what's interesting is that it, it lowers the ambient temperature of the roof. And hmm. so the solar panels are more efficient when the their ambient temperature is lower. And so there's a there's a visual kind of design beauty aspect to it, but it's also a functional way of making it that much more efficient. I love that. I love that. You know? So to check out some cool photos, you can go to two spots, smithmorearchitects.com. You can also go to and follow Daniel, daniel.kahan.architect on Instagram. And as always, if you missed the first part, first segment, last parts of the show, go to michaelwalshow.com or quite honestly, just get your smartphone. And uh, look to subscribe. Just search for The Michael Wall Show on your favorite podcast app. Great way to do it. And we'll make sure we have this information up and running for you if you're listening via radio. But, Dan, thanks so much for joining us live in studio. Appreciate you. you. Yeah, it was great. And uh, maybe sometime we'll have another conversation about what you're seeing in, in this space moving forward. Yeah, I'd love to. Hang tight, folks. We'll be back with more great information right after this. I'm the man. Hi, it's Michael Wall here. Have you ever wondered how to find the right financial advisor? Or what investments should I be invested in? Or how do I transition and reposition my portfolio as I move into the retirement stage of life? The investment needs in retirement are different than those while you're working. What we've done is we've put together a simple, easy to understand video series that you're going to love. Go to leanonthewall.com. Again, that's leanonthewall.com and click on the Retire Well video series. When you click on that, you're going to have the opportunity to enter your information and then get exclusive access to a video series I've created just for you to help you get simple information that is going to be profound in helping you achieve the retirement you've always wanted. Again, go to leanonthewall.com to access the Retire Well video series. Helping families grow and protect their wealth. This is the Michael Wall Show. Well, you would be surprised as you're listening to this out there. Maybe you're not surprised. I, I know I have. I am continually surprised over the years as a, we sit down with families 
and husband, wife, together, single, whatever it may be. And we sit down and we actually dial into what are the needs in retirement. I am, I am always surprised how a lot of times the things that we discuss, it's the first time they're talking about it. And it's not because all of our clients typically that come in or, or perspectives, let me say, that become clients, most of the time they're in a place where they have their wealth managed somewhere else. They already have another advisor somewhere else. You know, our best clients, a lot of times comes from other advisors because they're just not doing what they need to do or, you know, maybe they're charging them too much or maybe they're not as uh, alternative and they're focused in protecting the asset and everything else. And so when we sit down and I go through the education and we help them dial in a plan and we help them dial in what's necessary for legacy, I found a lot of times, you know, maybe they've talked about things generally just through generally filling out forms and, you know, basic things, but they haven't really gotten into diving in as deep as they should to do really and create really a plan that's going to be efficient, effective and last and last well. And oh, by the way, that plan needs updated. I don't wear the same belt size today at 40 that I did when I was 20. You know, so things need to change. Now, that doesn't even mean, you know, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. Praise God for that. We try and eat well. We try and be active and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, your body just changes a little bit in general. And I think we all can relate to that. Life changes. Things happen. Things change. And so you want to be changing with it. Now, obviously, with Trump's tax bill that got, got approved, you know, there's changes that have come from that. A lot of people know, well, the corporate tax rate, you know, is going from going down significantly, right? We know we know that it's going down significantly, which is a great thing. We've seen a lot of companies go ahead and pay bonuses to people, but how does it directly affect people and their personal finances? A lot of times people are in a place where they say, well, who can help me with this? Who can help me with that? You know, a lot, a lot of times they don't think initially the financial person is there to help. And mm-hmm. let me just kind of give you some clarity as you're listening to this show, because a lot of times folks with their wealth, you know, when we sit down and we talk about different things, you know, this gentleman that this fresh on my mind, he just came in, and uh, again, had had a had a firm on the island that was helping him with his money, and just said, you know, I just wanted more of an independent alternative approach. We talked about alternative investments. I talked about how we've done a lot of research around the Yale and Harvard endowment models, and we've used a lot of these hard assets that they've done a great job over the years. We talked about uh, off market strategies and structures that have actually been researched by the Wharton School of Business, we've utilized for a long time, which give you the ability to have no market risk. Obviously, there's a variety of different types of risks, whether it be liquidity risk, market risk, business risk, et cetera. But that was, those were some things that he had never heard of or been unaware of. Doesn't mean that they're not good because we ended up dialing in, educating, and he picked things uh, together. We picked things that made sense. But, you know, when it comes to taxes, a lot of times, and we talked about this as well when we did the, the kind of the second opinion for him, he was not really getting a lot of in-depth tax planning. You know, you got your CPA and they're doing their, doing their thing, which is great. But his CPAs, in a lot of ways, are historians. They're taking what you paid last year or what you got back last year, depending on your situation. And, you know, they they put things in boxes and here's what you owe or here's what you get back. You know, here's what I spent. Here's what I didn't spend. And let's move to next year. But when it comes down to actually dialing in the plan, your wealth, your portfolio and saying, okay, what are we actually doing to look for ways to legally, morally and ethically disinherit the IRS? What are we doing to look for ways not just to grow our money, but to make sure that we take advantage of gains as they happen and making sure we're going through the entirety of the portfolio and looking at tax loss harvesting, looking at a variety of other things that it's not just about growth. It's also about looking at everything necessary to bring all these extra pieces together because just a little change here and a little tweak there can make a big difference long term. And that's what's so crucial when you look at your overall wealth plan. Every investment has to make sense. It's got to be a decision. Just like when you make a recipe or you eat food, you know, if, if you don't like to cook and you go to a restaurant, but you like good food, you're a foodie, whatever that looks like. And, you know, when I go there, the reason that I know the food tastes good is because they've used all the appropriate ingredients. Even though those ingredients on their own are small and they don't really amount to much on their own, right? Maybe a little bit of salt or a little bit of uh, pepper or a little bit of whatever they end up using. But all put together, 
you know, it kind of creates the nice symphony, if you will, in your mouth now, <laughs> you know, and I love to eat. I like good food. So same way with a financial plan. You know, there's little different things that we need to be adding in to make sure it all comes together. And that's really, really important. It's always a good time to get a second opinion on your wealth. And when you're talking about funds, you know, you might have this fund, or you might have this stock. Listen, the only way you actually keep gains is by selling. Now, I don't know if you ever thought about that before, but you have to ask yourself the question, what is the purpose of owning stock? What is the purpose of owning ETFs or mutual funds or actively traded accounts or alternatives or you know whatever it may be? What is the purpose of owning them? And the answer is, it's to try and make money, number one. Number two, it's to try and, if you can, make tax-free income potentially or tax-favored income. But the only time, we'll use a stock as an example, Okay, let's say you own Amazon and that stock's been up like crazy. And somebody says, well, I just think it's going to keep going up. Well, maybe it will and maybe it won't. I mean, there's a strong chance that it probably will, but nobody, we don't know that for sure. So the question is, what type of plan do you have in place to take gains off the table? That's where people end up losing a bunch of money is they don't have any real plan to say, okay, I got to take some gains off this table because you do not keep the gains. Listen to this, folks, as you're, as you're dialing in here. If you've, if you've drifted away, drift back in. The only way you get to keep profit is by taking it. So when you look at your statement and you say, okay, I'm up this much. Yes, you are on paper, but it's not your money yet. The only way it becomes your money is when you actually take it, when you sell those positions. Now, I know then the next question is, well, I don't want to sell the positions because then I'm going to, have to be taxed. I got gains. Well, that's true. The benefit and disadvantage of making money, benefit is you made money. The disadvantage is you got to pay some taxes. So the key is understanding where the market's going to go. You know, we've been in almost an eight, eight and a half, nine year bull run. It's not going to continue to go up forever. We still have some very systemic problems. Now, I'm not a pessimist, but I am a realist and saying, let's look and evaluate at where things are now. And now's probably a good time to have a, uh, have a different set of plans for the future. So as you hear that and you're saying, you know, yeah, I'd like to sit down and have a second opinion and talk, uh, talk to our team. Give us a ring. 888-511-WALL. 888-511-9255. We'll just sit down and we'll have that conversation. If you're local, we'll sit down. If you're you're in another area, we can sit down and and kind of go through some of that and and just talk through what your needs are and your your goals, desires, etc. Are but listen, this wraps another show. I hope I hope you're able to catch the whole show. If you didn't. I want you to go back and listen because that motivational segment in the beginning, very, very crucial. But listen, here is my challenge for you this coming week, as it is each and every week. And that is to do something for someone else that can do nothing in return, adding value to their life. Ultimately, in addition, adding value to yours. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great week. Catch us next week. Same time, same place or listen on your podcast app whenever you want. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Michael Wall Show. To schedule your personal wealth review, call 888-511-WALL. That's 888-511-9255. To find out more about Michael and the team at The Wall Financial Group, head to leanonthewall.com. By contacting us, we'll review aspects of your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of Wall Private Wealth LLC, a registered investment advisor, and solicitation offered through Clarify Advisory Network, an SEC registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of 
future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than what originally invested. Michael Wall is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Insurance and annuities offered through Wall Financial Group, Inc.